Back in the 90s, three students met and studied hard. <laughs> yeah, right. Then they left college and life happened. They're back together for your entertainment. This is 3Go Podcasting. Hi, hello. Thanks for coming back to 3Go Podcasting. Hope you've had a really good week. We've got a retro 90s themes this week. The decade we were all at college. We were in our clubbing prime. I think that's the word. And we're basically having a laugh for 10 years. It should be an interesting half hour to come. Remember, new episodes of the podcast land every Monday. So make sure you subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you at any point. You can get in touch with us via the website. It's 3gopodcasting.com. And remember to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. This is 3Go Podcasting with Richard, Ian and Jay. Right, before we kick off with the 90s theme this week, last week, you probably remember, guys, we talked about that cardboard cutout of Howard Shipman that was at yep. the Australian rugby game. Um, you must have seen the new one this week. Did you see it at Leeds United? It's a cardboard cutout of Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> yes. I mean, what is that <laughs> you about? You what? There, there's so many questions here. One is... Somebody actually took the time <laughs> to find out how to get a cardboard cutter and get a picture of Bin Laden. And also, how did nobody at the football club realise? Yeah, that was my thought. That's what it is. <laughs> that is just ludicrous. Or did yep. they realise and just let it in? Maybe there was someone that was complicit with this. So the other, there's a guy who then, um, there's a guy whose cardboard cutouts next to the Bin Laden one, and I think he then put on Twitter something like, "Nice one to the football club." I, I was expecting my son to be on the seat next to me, but there's some of Bin Laden. <laughs> I don't think he was particularly chuffed by that because it was twenty five quid. I think they had to pay for each cutout, wasn't it? I think something like that. Yeah. And I yeah. think the Cheltenham game. Did you see that one? The Cheltenham League Two playoff. Somebody pay for Silla Black and uh, yeah. Phil Mitchell. Yeah. Oh, so that's off that Cold War Steve, isn't it? Do you, if you're on Twitter, there's an account yeah. called Cold War Steve, if you've never seen it. Oh, um, okay. And it's a guy, every picture is based around Steve McFadden, Phil Mitchell from EastEnders. Wow. And in every single picture he does, there's a little picture of Silla Black peering in from somewhere. <laughs> oh, if really? you haven't seen it, it's absolutely genius account. <laughs> oh, it's been around for a couple but of years. Don't you think this is an absolutely fantastic idea? Like, because, you know, like what a, what a revenue busting idea this is paying yeah. for those is just no, incredible i think a bit worrying who they chose though to send harold shipman and osama bin laden to two mass murderers it's like what, what what's going on in people's minds right we're talking 1990s uh this week yes. i think that's probably probably our decade to be fair oh, chaps yeah. um and it's all because there was a big sort of a uh, public what was it called like a public poll of their favorite yeah. albums in the 90s what was it all about jay yeah so radio 2 did a um uh, a poll as you say opened it up to the general public i think it was online for about 2 3 weeks just to name your favorite albums from the 90s um and then basically i think they gave you the list of what you could select from i think it was about 30 odd albums in there uh, maybe more than that um and then yeah they whittled it down based on your votes to the top 10 basically so and i can tell you that the number one album have a guess go on you'll never get it spice girls uh, it's gonna be something random though isn't it no. is it spice girls or is it no. i don't know no they weren't even in the top 10 take that it was no take that weren't even in the top 10 they were one of the they were two of the albums to vote on though um it was okay computer by radiohead um, oh really oh, yeah okay. so very um i mean don't get me wrong I've, i had to listen to it after i found out it won and it's, it's a decent album but it's not one that sort of trips off the tongue to say that would have been your no number one for no I, I, i'm not really a radiohead fan but i mean not to say that you know obviously they're very very popular and earned a lot of money from it but 
So, so really, actually, everybody who voted for that wanted to vote for take that, but thought oh, that would be a bit cheesy. So we go for something we think is a bit sort <laughs> of you know that part, yeah. down. Just in case my yeah, identity exactly. is ever revealed, you know, I, I can't, I can't vote for that. So. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so we've all come up with our top three albums of the 90s this week, um, yeah. which I imagine could be quite eye-opening in some places. I'm going to go first. Um, so uh, I think this was in the top 10, wasn't it, Jay? So one of them's got to be 1995, Oasis, and What's a Story, Morning Glory? Oh, yeah, it has to be there, classic, isn't it? Yeah, That's number fine. two in the list, actually. Is it number two? Runner okay, up. cool. Yeah. That's good. I've yet to I've yet to see actually. Funny enough, I was just saying I've just yet to see the uh, Liam Gallagher's done. I uh, did an MTV Unplugged. I really want to see that. Do you, can I just ask? So, very general question, right? Oasis, obviously, brilliant songwriters and everything. And you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking their genius at all. But I, they're the one band I just find so difficult to go back and listen to. I, I've never really listened to any of their albums. I bought them, hmm. but I just can't revisit them for some reason. I don't know why. I think everyone's like I think everyone everyone would love to to say, and let's face it they they kind of ham up this argument between Liam and Noel so much that everyone really is chomping at the bit for them to get back together and I think it's kind of designed yeah. purely for at some point there is going to be a whole reunion and they will just yeah. literally cane it across the world they will make so much yeah. money it's just oh, ridiculous it's got to happen isn't it yeah okay so my second choice uh, 1991, so right at the start of the 90s, uh, out of time, REM. Oh, oh good, yeah. good. And oh, yes. Primarily because one of my favourite songs of all time, which is Losing My Religion, was on that album. The rest of it, yeah, it's all right. Um, is Shiny Happy I must People admit, I, on that as well? Shiny Happy People? Don't know, didn't research it that I much. I think it is. Show. I think it is on there, yeah. That's a, that's yeah, a tune probably, as well. Yeah. That is a good tune. Um, I have to say that I'm not. I don't think I was really into albums that much, to be honest. I used to like just singles. My music taste all over the shop, as you both know. It's pretty random. I just see you'd always buy like an album, wouldn't you, for like maybe one song, and then you'd listen to the album, and you'd go, well, "What have I bought the album for? Just one song. I don't like the rest of it." Yeah, because that was before the days you could just buy one song like you can now. In the old yes. days, if you like one song, you had to buy the whole, the other twelve to go with it, even though they were rubbish. Yeah. Um, when now you can just buy a song, and that's all you have to worry about. Um, I was just going to say that would just explain why my other half bought Doc to all bands album it's uh, it's, it's my life <laughs> it's my life <laughs> did he have he had an album yeah, <laughs> apparently so. I, didn't, I didn't know that she bought song, it to be fair. <laughs> love it no, I, and i bought um i, I wonder, bought I what he's doing these days is he a proper doctor i think he makes cereal i know that's all oh, brand. that's all brand yeah oh, oh God. Dear. hang on jay's joke, joke, joke of the week is later <laughs> right it's later it's not now stop it pipe down He's putting down a marker for what we can expect later. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I bought the album I bought the album for the movie Jerry Maguire, and I bought that album purely for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Free Falling, and it's not oh, on yeah, the album. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You buy, the, you buy the album for the for the movie and for that one song, and it's not on the album. How is that ever allowed? No, there's that a couple of those. Real. I bought a couple of soundtracks once, and there were songs on there that I don't even think were in the film, but the main song from the film wasn't on it because they obviously couldn't afford to get it on there. That's Did really you not gushing. flip it over and see what tracks were on there before you bought it? I don't, I don't think I did because I just assumed that I'd seen the film, and I assumed <laughs> that song was the main song in the film, so therefore it would be on the album. Why oh, wouldn't you think good. that? That's ridiculous. I'll tell you what, though. You've just hit the nail on the head there, right? Have you ever done it? in? The, I don't know why. It was more back in the 80s and 90s. I think people used to think by mixing songs up a little bit on the albums and making them slightly different to the single version, you'd like it. When actually, 
no, you liked the radio edit. You wanted that one on there. And when you actually got the album home, it was completely different. I think, I think it was Arrested Development. You know, um, Mr. Wendell, oh, one of their song songs they did. Oh, yeah. But the album version is rubbish. Oh. And I'm like, I bought the album for that. And you've even changed it. You're mocking me. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a director's, it's like a director's cutter film, isn't it? No, yeah. I want to see the film that I saw in the cinema, not all the bits that you thought were rubbish first time that, you didn't yeah. that you've now changed your mind on. If I wanted exactly. to see that, I would have seen a different film. Yeah. Okay, so for my third album, I'm going to give you some clues and see if you can get it, okay? Um, so it's a 1998 classic, okay? Mm. It's a self-titled album. Mm. Okay. Is it Dupe? Irish background. Oh. Uh... Bewitched. <laughs> Is it's, it? It's Bewitched. No! <laughs> <laughs> Featuring the classics... Roller coaster, blame it on the weatherman, and of course, oh, Sailor V. Sailor V. Oh, what an album! What? Oh, Do you know my what? God. The, the funny thing is, is that you, whenever it you, is good though, you can't watch, you can't play that song without tapping your. Feet. I literally, have, I've just <laughs> given up doing uh, weddings and discos uh, on New Year's Eve last year, um, after about ten years of doing it, and every time you played Bewitched and Sailor V, the place just went mad. Like people love that. Absolutely. Wow. What a tune. Oh, I've just thought of another one as well. I don't what 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 album was oh I can't remember what it was called. What was the album from the Rednecks and Cotton Eye Joe? That's gotta be I a don't know what the album was. Well. Did they have an album? Yeah, it must have been. It probably was called Cotton Eye Joe and other songs. I didn't I didn't realise that Cotton Eye Joe was all about an STI. Really? Yeah. Was it? It's, it that is what okay. that song is all about. Out. It is Cotton Eye. It's <laughs> look at the I lyrics just, to it. I just remember it's a really don't get me wrong. It's a toe tap in tune and everything. But I always remember going to one of my work's Christmas dues with that, and everyone was doing the you know hooking arms and spinning round, yeah. and there was like a crowd clapping around the side. And unfortunately, my elbow went out a bit too far and took someone out. In the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, the place that we heard the the place that we heard that song the most. 1995 mm. we were in bulgaria yes on a skiing trip yep. and it was like it was the biggest song around i think at the time in bulgaria and that's all they were playing all night and, and also and it was sort of in this sort of rather odd club thing wasn't yeah it? it was weird yeah. and that ski holiday was brilliant because we spent most of the holiday skiing on ice because there was like very little snow that year <laughs> so we just had ice that was right yeah i remember You've just devised ITV's new show skiing on ice well done <laughs> with while singing cotton eye joe Bewitched oh, and yeah. Bewitched from 98 will make it as my third. I told that my music taste is all over the show. I'm sorry. I know we don't have to be arty-farty, but that's shocking. My kids have been watching Sooty recently on reruns, and they turned up on it, Bewitched, a special guest. So that just sums up the oh, level that's we're amazing. talking about here. That's amazing. So can I just <laughs> check that nobody else has, nobody else has got Bewitched? Uh, yeah, no, sadly, I don't believe that it was any of my choices. <laughs> Jay, you? No, I think it just slipped out the top ten. Uh. <laughs> okay so that's my top three Jason what have you got uh, so a couple of these might come across a bit arty farty but I, I, can I firstly just say how much I enjoyed researching this because it meant I got to listen to a load of the tunes and we just bought a echo dot this week uh, alexa so i've just been going alexa and like skipping through the tunes so i can remember all the album tracks as well so um, my first choice um and i'm not saying it's, it is the in the top like three best albums but it just brings back a lot of good memories so um it's songs of faith and devotion by depeche mode which is quite a heavy album right it's Ooh, yeah. it's not one to go back to if you're feeling want a bit of cheering up 
Um, but it brings back some really, really good, good thoughts because um, I went to my first concert back in the 80s. I think it was Bobby Brown or something like that. And I hadn't been to one ever since. And then we went to college and our mutual friend, Vicky, was massively into Depeche Mode. And she said, you want to come to this gig at Crystal Palace Athletics Track? And I went, yeah, mm. go on him. So we went to see him and it was great. And then I saw him at Wembley Arena. But this was the first time I'd been to a concert where the whole opening of the concert was just so staged and everything. And it just built up all the excitement. They've got these giant curtains hanging down and the, and the band are behind the curtains. And the way they did the lighting made it look like they were like 50 feet tall, basically. Wow. And then all the curtains drop when the music starts. And, yeah, it's one of those albums that it's every song and it's brilliant. But, as I say, it's quite... Um, depressing but it, it's uh yeah, every song's it's, brilliant it's but, uh, but it's quite depressing you've sold it <laughs> no but they had another album right they had this album called violator which had like um, personal jesus and enjoy the silence probably their biggest tunes ever but i actually rate this album over that one and and it also a funny story me and vicky went to see this the concert at crystal palace and we parked my car um i wasn't drinking i, I was on driving duty and um, it's in the middle of a field and we come out of the concert afterwards obviously thousands of people there and we were looking it felt like an hour for the car um, it must have only been about 20 minutes or so and then it turns out just as I'm about to call the police someone stolen my car how I don't know because they wouldn't have been able to get the car out um, we were looking in the wrong field there were two fields <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah so I did that I did that, I did that at Blue Water once when we yeah. parked the car and I was convinced we parked it by I don't know Marks and Spencers and we're walking around and we're about to speak to security and everything and then we realise actually we parked it in the other car park on the other side and we've been yeah. chasing around this car park for an hour and we're just in the wrong place That's can I just say that you two are yeah. possibly that you know you are you go down as probably one of the two most annoying people from the police perspective if we get a phone call <laughs> from somebody who says my car's been stolen and then we find that they've just mislaid it somewhere <laughs> there's there's things that I'd like to do them. to you two <laughs> I was no, about sure to dial just has a laugh about it don't they go back to the station and have a good old laugh about how incompetent <laughs> yeah <it is> like <laughs> oh I'm yeah sure. and more <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure um, there's more. So from depressing, um, my second choice, and this was one that jumped in last minute. I had to go on iTunes this morning, just recap what my 90s albums were. And this one wasn't even on my list up until this morning. It is, it's really good. It's, uh, well, my opinion, 1993, Very by the Pet Shop Boys. Oh, yes. It is oh. just pure yes. pop. The whole album yep. is fantastic. Oh, yeah. yep. it, it, I always remember it. It came in this bright orange sleeve mm. literally no picture on it or anything it's just orange and um obviously i've got it on cassette we're talking the 90s <clears throat> but really? it is just a brilliant wow. if you haven't heard it it's brilliant it's just track to track and it was my first other than their greatest hits i think which was discography which is a brilliant album as well by the way very was my first their proper uh, new material album i bought and ah oh, it's genius absolutely genius there is one glitch. It's the last track, which is Go West, the remake of the Village Pe uh, Village People song. Yeah. I don't know why they put that on there. They didn't need to, but the rest of the album is fantastic. So yeah. Here's the big question. Have you still got a cassette player to play it on? No, I haven't, Rich? unfortunately. As I, I haven't, but I'm just thinking that, Jason, could you just explain to people who might listen to this who have no idea what a cassette <laughs> is? what we're talking about because they actually might have got no it's idea it's just like uh, I was going to say it's a bit like yeah, a big mini disc but no one's even going to know what they are aren't they no <laughs> no, no keep going with the cultural yeah. references it's the something that references. used to get chewed up quite a lot and uh, you'd have to end up throwing it away and buy a new one do you know what yeah. just yeah. a bit it. of plastic yeah, with a load of tape about. inside um, I have to say I love the Pet Shop Boys and I have had tickets to see them last well, they were supposed to be last month at the O2 and it got cancelled I wanted to see them for years yeah. and years finally decided to pay to go and see them and then the council it got cancelled. It's now happening uh, next May, I think. They, but I'm really just looking immense. forward to that because I imagine they're another one actually. When they 
Oh, when they do great. a live show, it's all the build-up is so stunning. Did you not come to Brighton? Who did I go to Brighton um, and see him with then? That was Vicky and I thought it was you. Not me. Mm. Oh, it definitely wasn't me because I don't never get invited to anything. <laughs> well, that was a given, yeah. It's not you. So I have to remember which other generic friend you might have so, um, I did The Pet Shop Boys, I've been listening. Funny enough, you should say that because I've been listening to, uh, like on Apple Music, the, the Pet Shop Boys Essentials. And when you listen to it, every single song pretty much that you get is just class. They they really haven't oh, yeah. written any really bad songs. No, no, exactly. So, I think this album, like just just for pure pop, just if you're into if you want to be cheered up and happy, listen to this album because it's brilliant. Right, very. Got it. Um, all right. So the last one, 1997. Now I like all music genres. Um, I was really into R&B and that was one of the albums I was sort of toying with putting in and everything I was really into like indie stuff obviously the older you get I think your music musical taste change you get more into guitar and stuff like that um, I wasn't ever really into dance but this album was just phenomenal and still one of my favourites today and I'd put it in my all time top five um, it's The Prodigy and The Fat of the Land yes. fantastic album and and it's like if you just want to hear pure bass coming through, you just got to, it's just phenomenal. And I'm not even talking about the single. Like, so the singles that are on there were Firestarter, obviously, and Breathe, which I both think were number one. Yeah. Those two aren't even the best tracks on there. If you listen to the album and you'll hear so much songs, you, you don't think you've, you, you don't think you've heard them before, but you have heard them because they've been used in background music, film yeah. adverts, adverts so many times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's in my, I'd say that's even in my top three all time albums, actually. Uh, the Fat of the Land. I've got to say at this point, I'm loving uh, Richard's facial expressions. And as I'm kind of like, you know, just, just really feeling you, Jay, that Richard's face is like yeah. screwed up in all these different areas. Um, I, I'm not, it's not really a, yeah, it's not really my thing. I'm not a big fan of that sort of music. There's a good, I like some of the songs are good, but it's, I wouldn't, it's not an album I'd buy and listen to. I've got a confession to make now as well if my sister ever listens to this podcast. Please do, because you're double R listening figures. Um, I bought this album for her for her birthday. And again, cassettes are coming back into this. I played it. I, I never normally do that before I give it to anyone, but this was before the cellophane wrapping was on, on CDs. Uh, and oh, I copied, you copied it. copied it, didn't you? On cassette. Jeez, and uh, then I gave it to was. her for her birthday. So I apologise. Right, okay, I'm going to do mine now. So here we go. Uh, my number one, and this is an album of all time for me, and most people probably wouldn't have heard of them, uh, but they are Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, from South Carolina in America. They are my favourite band ever. Um, so a little bit weird, a little bit quirky. But anyway, Cracked Rear View was the debut studio album by Hooting the Blowfish, released um, on the July the 5th, 1994. So everyone's like kind of going, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who? If you've never heard of Hootie and the Blowfish, go on and do research. And actually, I saw them... Uh, uh, earlier this year they came over to the UK for the first time in 20 years since they first came over um, and I was at the first concert um, sort of 20 years ago and I thought I've just got to go so literally when the tickets came out I just bought them I didn't care what they cost it was one of those and I, I went up to the Hammersmith Apollo and saw them this year uh, for their most recent album which is in Perfect Circle absolutely brilliant so there you go look up so when did you that was uh, earlier this, was that right earlier this year. Uh, yeah, it was kind of early. Oh, you were lucky then, yeah. Yeah, so we got it in, but um, yeah, just incredible. So Hootie and the Blowfish, Crack Review is my number one. Check it out. And number two for me is this album from 1991, released on September the 24th, Nirvana, Nevermind. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, Very I, good. I can see that. 
Um, so uh, just awesome. Signed with Geffen Records first off. Um, you've got Kurt Cobain. And then, obviously, uh, from the Foo Fighters, the absolute legend. Mr. Grohl. I can't remember his name. Dave yeah, that's Grohl. it. Uh, you got to sing. <laughs> absolute legend, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> that's amazing. I know. <laughs> Oh, it's one of my all-time favourite celebrities. I, 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 was it? Oh, I can't remember his name. What is his name? Mr. Drummer. Phil Collins. <laughs> <Mr>. Drummer. <laughs> the drummer bloke from Bross, whatever his name is. Oh, uh, Luke Goss. Oh, you, know, you say you know Luke Goss, but you don't know Dave Grohl. Didn't his... Um, you know they did the MTV um, yep. concert, didn't they? And, and didn't his guitar sell this week or last week for like $6 million or something ridiculous? The guitar he used Something in that. like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's just uh, unreal, really. And um, I don't actually know. I mean, you could, I think I know how he died. I think he... I think he did, did he shoot himself? He shot I think? himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and you just think, you know, sort of... Uh, and really at the height of their fame as well. It was just kind yeah. of, well, you know, he just just probably didn't want to do it anymore. You get that a lot, though, because the, the drummer of the Foo Fighters now, I think it's Taylor... I can't remember his name now. Taylor. God, that's shocking, because I've seen him a few times. Um, he nearly committed suicide as well. And talking about that Songs of Faith and Devotion... I, I, because it is a really depressing album, it turns yeah. out that Dave Garn, who was the lead singer, he nearly killed himself after, while he was recording that. He was like a heroin addict at the time. So there's a lot of yeah. this link. I just, I just think, you know, I think it's, I think, you know, I mean, it, let's let's face it, and there's a lot of talk about this over the last uh, sort of few years and stuff. We are getting better talking about mental health and it's yeah. very important that we do. Because, yeah. and particularly like, you know, musicians and famous people that you would never think would suffer with anything. They're the yeah. people that the most creative minds are the ones yeah. that suffer so badly and it's just awful. Anyway, so uh, number three uh, from 1992, uh, released on uh, Warner Brothers Records, REM and Automatic for the People. So I'm copying you, Rich, yeah. with REM. Uh, but it's just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant album. The follow-up, of course, to Out of Time, which is what you chose. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're not going yeah, to argue with REM. Uh, it's interesting that two of us come up with REM albums, though, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. No, they are good mm. albums, though. And I had that one on cassette as well, Ian, just so you know. Oh, good man, <laughs> good man. Now, listen, uh, songs from that album, Man on the Moon, yeah. Everybody oh, Hurts. Song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, my favourite, I think, The Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight. Oh, yeah, that's good, yeah. Because I night just swimming, don't know. Is night swimming on that as well? Well, I was going to say, night swimming is there, and that led me to my last question, uh, which rounds this off nicely. Uh, Richard, have you ever gone skinny dipping? <laughs> Why me? Um, no, just because I, I want to know? No, I don't think I have. Um, uh, so there's something you got to try. Not deliberately. I did have an awkward situation where I, I came out of the sea with less on than I went in with. Due to oh. due to current issues, but that wasn't planned. So, um, but no, not de- I've never deliberately. I mean, to be honest, I don't think I've really got the body or the physique for skinny dipping. Um, my- well, not be- you don't need that. Nobody sees you. It's it's at night. It's a night. Nobody sees you. That's the idea. No, it's, it's, yeah, okay. It's, it's a it's a it's a good point. But no, no, I haven't. Anyway, uh, let's balance this then. Let me let let me balance it. Jay, have you ever been? Skinny dipping. No, because quite frankly, I haven't been blessed in that department. And if I go into the cold water, it's going to make it even worse. So, no, <laughs> I've never been uh, night swimming. Well, on that, that's a uh, fairly, <laughs> fairly disturbing set of thoughts to finish that off with. So, actually, some pretty pretty decent albums there, guys, between us. So, actually, that was went better than I thought it was going to do, because I thought we might come up with some really random stuff. Um, talking Talking of random stuff... 
it brings us to the time of the week that we've all been looking forward to, strokes slightly dreading and feeling slightly unwell at the very thought of it. It's clearly time for this. Jay's Joke of the Week. Funnier than Michael McIntyre on Skittles. Why should you never marry a tennis player? Because love means nothing to them. Funny. I've not heard that one. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, they are getting. Better. I could have said. Yeah, I could have said because they've all got COVID nineteen, but that wouldn't have been appropriate. <laughs> I have to admit, I saw. My, I, I, I saw my sister in law this week, and she obviously listens. And she did say, "Yeah, his jokes aren't very good, are they?" I, I did sort of point out that was sort of the, <laughs> that was sort of the point of it. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, that that wasn't too bad actually. To be to be fair, thank you. Yeah, it's oh, getting better. Dear. It's getting better. Thank you very I much. I actually had to think about that for a couple of seconds as well. Wow. So I'm also intellectual as well. So thanks. <laughs> you have to work it out. Yeah, but it's me though. <laughs> I tell you what we'll do. Maybe we'll do a new feature from this week onwards. We can put an explanation of Jason's joke of the week on the website at threegopodcasting.com. <laughs> so if you're not sure, rather than admit to other people you haven't got a clue what the joke's about, go to the website and we'll explain it for you. This is Three Go Podcasting with Richard, Ian, and Jay. So we've done 1990s music. Let's talk about 1990s TV shows. Yes, uh, let's do. And that. I had to think about this because, frankly, anything after you know more than a week old is a bit of a hazy memory to me at the moment. <laughs> um, top shows from the 90s, Ian. What do you got? Well, I'm going to go with the word. Um, that was uh, first uh, released, uh, the first episode was uh, the 10th of August 1990 and oh, the last 24th of March 1995, Terry Christian yeah. and uh, the crew. Danny Bear, wasn't it? Danny, Danny Bear, Bear it? yeah, Danny Bear. And just, you know, just late night, awesome fun. And I used to watch it every single week. We'd get back from the pub <laughs> and then we'd watch the word. <laughs> I had and some it was weird just, stuff. Weird stuff. Yeah, it was just right? it was just of its time, and you know, it's one of those things where you think, you know, is it going to come back? Will they kind of reinvent it? If you know what I mean, in some way. Um, but it was just brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, they had they had this session on there where you had to be like really brave or stupid, do some really stupid stunt, and there was like, and I always remember one episode they had to put, eat a hair sandwich. Oh, I mean, oh. what is that? That just just, no, that's just, just, just wrong. ranking it. That's just, yeah, that's yeah, just, yeah, no, yeah. it's going to do your guts in. Yeah, not good. Rich? So, uh, the original Supermarket Sweep, I think. Uh, not the new Ooh. version with Rylan or whatever, uh, but this is the proper Dale Winton version. And I say that because I liked it so much, I actually auditioned to go on the show. Uh, oh, so well. Me and someone I used to work with, uh, uh, we decided it would be fun. I'm not sure what made us think this, to put an application in and heard nothing more and then randomly got invited to some hotel in central London um, <laughs> where there's like a room of like, I don't know, probably 40 people all in sort of their pairs um, and a very enthusiastic man from the TV production company pretending to be Dale Winton by jumping around and being very loud and we having to <laughs> play those games and then you have to pretend that you're in a supermarket <laughs> and run around 
with a not with not a trolley. It was very. We got to the final six. I think they were looking for four people for the show, and we got down to the last six, but we didn't quite make it. So that was gutting. But, oh. you know. So you know, man, to not be good enough to get on Supermarket Sweep in the nineties is it's a pretty lo- low standard, I think. Uh, Jay, have you ever auditioned for any any TV show at all? No, I never auditioned for one. I've been in the audience on a couple. You, you was with now, me. Now we went to me and you went to TFI Friday. Yes, back in the day, didn't we? Yeah, that was brilliant. That was. I even remember who was on as well. So it was in excess because I've always wanted to see in excess live, and it was yeah. the year actually Michael Hutchins died. So I was so privileged to actually see him, even though it was only doing one song. And it was yeah. Fun Loving Criminals and Aerosmith. Yeah. So it's a pretty good lineup. I just, I mean, I, I just love TFI Friday. I mean, it's, you know, like, it's come back for the anniversary. It will be back again. Chris Evans will do it again. But it was just, yeah. uh, just absolutely iconic. And again, you know, like it says it in the title, doesn't it? Friday night, there is no perfect other thing. It was just yeah. of its time. And it, it, and it will though. last the test of time. Do you remember how small, because obviously on the telly it looked quite big, didn't it? The studio with yeah. the amount of people, because there was the bit upstairs, which we weren't obviously allowed into. I think that was yeah, like VIPs only, wasn't it? And then yeah, it was, downstairs yeah. was like the ones where you got the tickets and stuff. So we yeah. got to see all the bands, which was great. But actually, it was tiny, wasn't it? It's just where the camera goes up so high and sort yeah. of zooms over you. It made it look a lot bigger than it was. It's, it like, was all te- it's like all television. I remember getting yeah. shown around um, the ITV studios for my 40th birthday. One of my best friends, uh, Adrian Last, um, who works for ITV studios, got me a tour. And I just couldn't believe how tiny. They, it took me into the studio that they filmed Saturday Night Takeaway in. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just, it's just not very big. No. And you just think, That's you know, crazy, and it looks right? massive. It looks massive, doesn't it? But it's not. It's just TV. It's just angles. But it's great. And also, I um, managed to get um, tickets with uh, another mutual friend of ours, Graham, from, from college, uh, to fantasy football. So sat in the front and also got the front row because he had a Spurs wow. shirt on. And I think the person in the studio. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And um, the floor manager was a Spurs fan. So he said, come on, you can come down the front. We sat in the front sofa. I had my Jill's top on. And wow. um, I always remember Frank Skinner sat down and I think I must have had a sty or something on my eyes. One of my eyes was really red and bloodshot. And I always remember <laughs> no. Frank Skinner looking at me and going, you're all right, mate. And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm not now you're talking to me. I'm a bit scared. So, um, but that was great as well. He was he was one of the funniest men I've ever oh, seen yeah. live, Frank Skinner. Yeah. I went oh, to the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury to see him live. Yeah. And I just spent my, my whole time doubled up. He is yeah. the most Have you read his autobiography? Man. Have you read his autobiography? No, it, it's, no, uh, it's, it's the funniest book ever. You've got to, you've got to read it. It's hilarious. Right. Okay. We saw him on stage in London. Didn't they do This Is Your Life afterwards? Yeah, straight afterwards, yeah. So then yeah. he was on the stage I, at London Palladium or something. London Palladium, yeah. As yeah. he was finishing the show, Michael Aspel came on, did the This Is Your That's Life right. thing, and they did it there and yeah. then. So we stayed on for an hour and a half and watched them do This Is Your Life. Yeah, it was then, great. With him on the stage, that wow. was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really God, good. how good is that? But no, seriously, if you're not read his book and you need a laugh, it's hilarious, seriously. When you talk about fantasy football, you forget how big a TV show that was. I mean, that was yeah. a yeah. massive TV show. Oh, at the Just, time, yeah. yeah. Massive stato and everything. But again, yeah. the, the studio itself was so tiny. It was literally a sofa, and then you yep. had like Stato over there, and then you had about four or five, probably about 10 rows of people, I think it was, but literally just chairs that were plonked in there. But, mm-hmm. um, oh, no, it was great. That was, that was an eye-opener as well. I've got to do more of these. I've never really kind of been in the audience of anything other than what we've just talked about. So it's one of the things yeah. that I think we're going to do is just like, I'm just going to try and get, because you, you just can register in the audience and you can tip up yeah. and just, you know, so when right. we are back having audiences and stuff in TV studios, I'm going to go to a few shows because I've never done it and yeah. it's on the bucket list. Can I can I throw in a TV show which started in sort of the late 90s and then ran into the the noughties, which is CD UK? 
Oh yes, and Deck. Deck and Cat Dealey. That and was Cat a, Dealey. That was a funny oh, TV show. I used to I used to fancy Cat Dealey like you wouldn't believe. In fact, I probably still fancy her now. Do you know what? Really weird. You saying that? I was out in my garage the other day, and you know, sometimes you just get random thoughts. Maybe this is me being sick. Wonky donkey, soon. was it? Wonky donkey. <laughs> it's got to rhyme. It just popped into my head. I was like, it's got to rhyme. <laughs> and I was singing in my head, wonky donkey. <laughs> and random. The other, the other I'll throw in. Do you remember the ITV telethon? Oh yeah, yeah. They did oh it like yes. it twice in like nineteen ninety and like nineteen ninety two, which is like. 72 hours or whatever it was of Michael Asper asking you for money or something. It was all telephone, people, famous people on the telephone, weren't it? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Sort of, and I think they, even the logo was a bouncing telephone or something. I can't remember. Yeah, that. Sort of, yeah. Oh, that was a very oh, random God. TV show. Now, I auditioned for The Cube, uh, which I always wanted to go on because I just watched it and I just thought, would I be able to do it? I think I probably would. But then, oh my God, if you got in there, you'd be so nervous. You'd be like, oh, you know, just. It, but it is just... One of the best TV shows ever. Good old Phil Schofield, love him. So I'm, gu- I'm guessing by this about you didn't get onto it. I didn't yeah. get onto it. No, <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Apparently, I didn't get the ping pong ball in the bin in the correct amount of time. So in the audition, so <laughs> yeah. so a lot of expense spared on the rehearsals. Yeah, you have to yes, get in a it, bin. It, well, it literally was in a TV production office, and it was throwing ping pong balls into a ball. But anyway, so uh, that was that one. Uh, but I did actually get through to tipping point. I got selected for tipping point. Oh, wow. uh, I went, yeah, and I was so excited. I thought, finally, I'm going to meet Ben Shepherd. I'm going to have a go. It's like, brilliant. I got the email and it said, and then right at the bottom, little caveat said, you know, if by such and such a date you don't get uh, another email, then uh, unfortunately you haven't been selected. Didn't see that bit. So I'm like sort of waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> and stuff like that. And then suddenly no more contacts. And I'm like, that's just out of order. Surely if oh. you get selected, you should get on. But that's like these theatre tickets as well. Like when you get show tickets, you're not even even when you get selected, you're not guaranteed, are you? You have to get there at a certain time because they have to fill it up, don't they? And they, they account yeah. for people not turning up, so you don't always definitely get in. Because I got no, tickets for a radio that. comedy show, and by the time I got there, and it said on the in the small print, this is very rare occurrence that you will be turned away. I happened to turn up on the night when all the production staff invited their friends and family, so oh. they were like, "Oh, you're not coming in." I was like, yeah, "Fantastic!" Yeah, but equally, you would have been there later than you should have been because you always are so yeah probably, all right got yeah. Yeah. time it would have been okay yeah. <laughs> i was i think it was a tuesday and i turned up on thursday what's wrong hold the recording what's wrong with you any other last contenders for great tv shows in the 90s can i say well alan partridge obviously oh, and again yeah. this is going to make you laugh i did actually you say this seat. every week you have to say alan partridge no no i right? got tickets i got tickets for that the second right. series and lo and behold i got there late so i got turned away um but <laughs> Uh, there's another one you might not have heard of it there was a sketch show back in the 90s called Big Train I don't know if you've ever seen it it had mm, Simon Pegg no. in it All right. honestly you've got to watch it it is hilarious it's just random um, so there's like just sketches on there um, and <laughs> I can't talk some of them because some of them aren't um, repeatable on the radio um, but it's just genius honestly watch it there are so many just weird and random things on there there's one where there's a sketch where they're all sitting down uh, in in the office, and it's a new boss, and Simon Pegg's a new boss, and he comes in and he says to them, "Oh, um, it's great to be here. I'm really proud to be your new manager. Um, but I have got a phobia." And he's sort of sitting in front of this window on the desk, and um, he said, "I'm going to write it down because I can't even say it. I'll pass it around, but please, please don't mention it." And and he passes it around, and everyone's looking at it, and uh, it's the word "spoon" written on a piece of paper. 
And then one of the staff walks in with a cup of tea, stirring it. He goes, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and next minute, the shot goes back to where he was sitting and the window's open and he's chucked himself out the window. And he's lying sprawled at the bottom. Oh, it's, it's just, seriously, it. if you've never seen, I think it's on Amazon now, Big Train. Big train. The oh, first okay. series is the funniest sketch show ever. Right, honestly. I'm watching so, that tonight. So just about out of time for this week. Thank you for spending the last half an hour or so with us. Uh, don't forget, we'll be back next Monday with a new episode. As always, you can find all previous episodes wherever you normally find your podcasts from. And do please check us out on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, through the website at 3gopodcasting.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending a period of time with us that you'll never get back. We're back next week. This has been 3Go Podcasting. Peace. We out.